This is the Golden Bee Podcast. The Golden Bee Podcast is a Vancouver, Canada-based podcast talking Vancouver sports. We talk about hockey, football, baseball, soccer, and other sports, including the Canucks, Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, Canadians, and any other relevant sports news in the Vancouver, Canada area. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Season 2, Episode 8 of the Golden View Podcast. Uh, coming off that great uh, BC Lions win this past Sunday in Vancouver against the Calgary Stampeders, 30-16. A lot of positives coming out of that uh, game. Nathan Merck being one of the big positives, uh, just because he actually came back and actually played. Uh, but the way that he played was actually pretty impressive, considering that he was injured. Uh, you saw him in the second half limping a bit at the end of the game. And, you know, it was a real challenge for him, but he battled it out. I still don't know if the Lions will beat Winnipeg this weekend. Uh, the Lions are they, or the Winnipeg is the class of the league, really, uh, given how their season uh, went, how they finished, uh, you know. And basically, the Bombers are a two time defending Grey Cup champs now, looking to make it three. Uh, if there's any team in the CFL that I think could dethrone Winnipeg, it would be BC and the um, and a quarterback Nathan Rook. Not just because I'm a Lions fan, but just watching the games this season in the CFL, looking at the teams still left in the playoffs. Uh, the East is always the weaker division, and so it's going to be interesting. But it's it's really going to be tough for them. I think you know Nathan Rook, who I'd heard uh, from uh, Farhan Lalji on TSN, say he was 80 to 90 percent. He probably need 110 percent Nathan Rook. Uh, to have a good shot at beating Winnipeg. Um, doesn't mean I don't think the Lions can't win, um, but it's really going to be tough. I mean, Winnipeg is really the class of the CFL. You know, if you run down uh, that team and some of the things they have, just looking at it, um, there was, you know, you're facing a quarterback like um, Zach Caleros, who actually beat out uh, Rourke as the West nominee for most outstanding player. Uh, Zach Laris is the experienced quarterback uh, against Nathan Rourke. And I still think maybe if Rourke was a little bit healthier, um, the Lions would have a better shot. Uh, a little bit of irony here, too. Uh, you know, one of the BC Lions' all-time best defenders, Adam Big Hill, is now playing for the Winni- Winnipeg Blue Bombers, has for the last couple of years. Um, you know, and it's funny just to see him having so much success in Winnipeg after leaving BC. It's also interesting to note when you look at the Bombers' defenders, they have Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, and Brandon Alexander. You know, I mean, Winnipeg is just so well-constructed, um, and they are so good on both sides of the ball that, uh, you know, I don't know how much the season series is going to make a difference. The game a couple weeks ago where the Lions uh, lost to the Bombers, which is a mean-nothing game, 24-9, in uh, Winnipeg on Friday, October the 28th. So this is a big tilt for the Lions. Uh, look, really looking forward to seeing what they do um, and how things go because this is their season right here, but it's a huge achievement and step forward for them to have made the Western Final. They haven't made the playoffs since uh, 2016, or they have made the playoffs, but they haven't won a playoff game uh, since 2016. And so uh, I'm really looking forward to see how the Lions do, but we'll switch gears a little bit here now to uh, the Canucks and uh what do you say about a Vancouver Canucks team that beat Ottawa 6-4 last night in Ottawa? I don't know if they look great doing it. Uh, they play the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal today. Uh, Eastern time game, so it's 4.30 our time. So it'll be interesting to see how the Canadians do. Um, or the uh, 
the uh, Canucks do. But, uh, you know, I was just looking at Twitter uh, and just following from some of the sports shows I listen to uh, and just the mess of the Canucks in terms of this whole um, management, coaching, disagreements. Um, you know, I'm looking at uh, Matt Scaris from Scaris and Price's show about Rutherford's uh, persistent criticism of Budo, not a good look for the Canucks. Uh, then I hear that uh, Travis Green's still got money on the books when he was fired from last year. $2.7 million contract is a factor in the Canucks' decision on where to keep Brudrow's coach. But let's get back to one thing here, too. This is all because of one person. That's Francesco Aquilini, who is running this team and honestly looks like he's running it into the ground. Uh, the sell the team hashtag needs to be more present on Twitter. Uh, Francesco's made all these decisions. He's the one that brought in Boost Boudreau before he hired Rutherford and Alvin. And so, obviously, as is commonly known in NHL circles, and if you follow the NHL, uh, management teams like to bring in their own coaches. Uh, so I don't know if it's just a clash of personalities. I don't know if it's or what it is between uh, Boudreau and Rutherford and Alvin. But uh, they got Boudreau under contract till the end of this season. So it remains to be seen what's going to happen there if Boudreau stays. I think he should stay. Um, I think he should finish out the season. It's going to look really bad on this organization yet again. We're going to turn over and have another coaching change. After we had a coaching change a year ago, then we had a coaching change a year ago from Green to Boudreau, and now we're going to have another one potentially throughout the season. That's three coaches in a year. That's just absolutely pathetic. Uh, it shows you what a mess uh, this this team is in. Uh, this owner is clearly calling the shots. Uh, you know, And from, from what I see, I, I just see someone who has absolutely no concept of what they're doing. Uh, as is often said, and I wish more people would do this at Rogers Arena, hold up signs that say sell the team. I would love to see a few thousand fans all do that at the same time at Rogers Arena, holding up sell the team signs to the owner. I think he would take notice of that. I think it's clearly become apparent that this owner does not know what he's doing. Uh, he's calling the shots, and he's doing a crappy job of it. So I know oftentimes I report on on the Golden Bee podcast about, you know, uh, I just stick to teams and I just stick to scores and sports happenings. But this is one of those ones where I just watch this unfold. And I don't always believe everything you hear in the media, but just from my own impressions following and watching the team, that, uh, you know, this is honestly pathetic, the way this team is being run. Um, it's just so, so bad. Uh, you know, you talk about bad eras in Canucks history. I think mid-late 90s after Pat Quinn was fired and it was Mike Keenan and Mark Messier, it was bad. But uh, this is getting close. And I really pinpoint it all the way back to even uh, 2013 and 2014 before Mike Gillis was fired as GM when Alain Vigneault was let go and they brought in Tortorella. And John Tortorella was clearly not Mike Gillis' uh, choice. I think it's been ownership interference ever since then. That's eight years ago. So, you know, I, I just, I don't even want to go to a Canucks game. I don't want to support that owner. I don't want to pay for tickets. Uh, you know, I've started off the top of the show talking about the BC Lions because that's a positive Vancouver sports story right now. Um, but the, honestly, the Canucks, they're in bad shape. And I don't know what's going to happen to this team or how it's going to get worked out. But this is honestly, this has got to be some of the worst, worst uh Canucks management and the era of, um, you know, the Canucks themselves and just sort of keeping things, you know, moving with the team. This is clearly one of the worst eras in Canucks history, or it's clearly becoming apparent that it will be. 
So let's move on now to some other positive stuff here. Uh, sports news that I've seen. Really nice to see the Vancouver Canadians keeping uh, themselves in the top of everybody's mind. Yeah, they're pushing out their, uh, and they're hyping next season, pushing out their schedule. Uh, I love to see that. I think we all miss baseball. Uh, Canadian season's obviously early, is over quite a bit earlier, um, you know, than uh, Major League Baseball just finished the World Series this past weekend. But uh, Canadians uh, keeping everybody. Uh, top of mind, or I should say they are uh, reminding everybody that they're still around and it must be hard to try and promote uh, baseball in the off season. That's a little different. Uh, it's not like you're promoting a major league team. And there's a lot of things that cascade down from the Blue Jays and when they start their season and the, um, you know, so looking at the Canadians, a uh, little bit of news here. Uh, what I have is I have, they released on uh, November 7th, uh, 151 days away from opening day, which is April 7th, 2023 at the Nat. So, uh, you know, they're promoting packs already. They've got the schedule out. Uh, looks like it's uh, Friday, April the 7th. I'm trying to figure out who the team is here. It's probably Spokane, actually. I don't know if it is actually Spokane, but I'm trying to remember all the teams I saw last year and actually recognize um, who's there. But it's Friday, April the 7th. They start at home. It says still subject to change. I, I know that uh, there won't be a Major League Baseball strike like this year with the CBA, but we will see the Canadians, and it might be a bit of change there. Uh, just because of uh, how the major league season starts out and plays out. But uh, keeping going with some other positive stuff here, guys. Looking at the uh, roster update from the Vancouver Warriors, who are now into their training camp. Uh, I know that we've talked past on the podcast about they um, had um, announced their schedule way back on September the 20th. So that's a while ago. But uh, what are they? They got a bunch of news coming out here just uh, announcing some uh, trainer camp training camp roster releases so we've seen that um so it's training camp week one uh looking at their facebook page here troy accordingly who's the new coach uh putting them through their paces so it should be interesting to see how this season develops because i was at a bunch of games last year you know i'm hearing a lot of stuff on sportsnet about advertising uh, signing up for the warrior season uh paying for season ticket pack just just going to some games uh, you know, and I saw some real painful games last year. One that stands out against the Toronto Rock, uh, where it's fifteen to five uh, for the Rock at the end of the game. And I know uh, the Rock are generally one of, one of the better teams in the NLL. But um, hoping that we see, a, you know, a different uh, Warriors team than some of the stuff I saw last year, because it was honestly getting tough to watch um, towards the end of the season. But but that's some really positive uh, Warriors news. And we'll keep things moving here, uh, cruising down, looking at the um, Vancouver Whitecaps. Now, Whitecaps uh, reached out to me a couple weeks ago um, because I'd bought a, bought a couple of seats this season. It was on an uh, early ep- earlier episode of the podcast where I talked about the game and the home opener uh, or the home closer against Austin FC. And uh, I did see some MLS news where it was, the final was between LAFC, who's in the Whitecaps division, and the Philadelphia team. So... Interesting to note, but uh, just looking down at some Whitecaps stuff here. Um, CONCACAF Champions League has been announced. Uh, let's take a look at that. Got that running. Um, just looking at some other Whitecaps news. Kind of the off season here, but um, let's see what happens. Yeah, so it's uh, Real City España uh, in the in the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, league. And so... Um, 
I noticed that uh, Thomas Assal has been called up to Canada men's national team uh, for the World Cup after Maxime Crapeau was injured in that LAFC game that I mentioned uh, for the MLS final. So good to see Hassal get a nod there. Uh, other Whitecaps news. I haven't been focusing on it that much. Maybe I'll have to dig a little deeper. Uh, but it was um, on a more sour or a more dour note, the uh, conviction of the former uh, Whitecaps coach uh, who over a number of years um, sexually assaulted a number of women's players. Um, and so this is the kind of news I want to start throwing in. I want to just stick to scores, but uh, it's Bob Berardo who is sentenced to 16 months in jail um, and eight months of house arrest. So he was a former Team Canada and Vancouver Whitecaps women's soccer coach. Um, but this is this is one of those black markets that's been around and on the Whitecaps as far back as 2008. And when I did a little research um, just on his career and the number of uh, sexual assault claims against him, uh, this is truly shocking that it went back um, a 20-year time span and even farther, actually. Um, so, you know, just it's a huge black mark on the Whitecaps Um I don't think the Whitecaps did enough uh, at the time. Um, be interested to see what pops up, but I know there was rumblings about as well the actual um, way that the management team handled handled it, and then the way that Axel Schuster actually bought some of the brought back some of the former management team who had been placed on leave um, during uh, his trial. Um, but it's uh, it's a it's a really controversial spot for that club. Um, Schuster basically gets a got a four year contract earlier this year, which I didn't report on. And so, um, you know, hopefully, there's it's all going to be um, positives for the Whitecaps going forward. But this thing about Barbara is truly, truly atrocious. Um, you know, it's a real black eye on the organization. They clearly, clearly, clearly didn't do enough at the time. Um, so, you know want to see some positives uh, for the uh, Whitecaps going forward because it re- really, honestly, this kind of story couldn't get much worse. And so one final thing, just I've been following the giant scores on Twitter, and so Vancouver Giants have announced something really cool that I saw yesterday. It's a Legends of Hockey game on November the 18th. Now, this Legends of Hockey game on November the 18th um, tributes to the uh, players in the 72 Canada-Russia series. Um on Friday, November 18th, the Giants play the Blazers, but um, Yvonne Cornway, Dennis Hall, Peter Mahovlich, and Dale Talon uh, will be in attendance, which is pretty uh, pretty epic because it's the 50th anniversary of the Summit Series against Russia. And I'm actually reading a really interesting book about the uh, series right now, uh, which I will uh, talk about on a future episode. But uh, I thought that was really special that the Giants are doing this. Um, won their last game on Friday, November 4th, uh, 4-3. And so we'll just take a quick peek in at that. And they play next on Saturday against the Prince George Cougars again. I saw that game, uh, excuse me, back last month. And this time the Giants are in Prince George. And so I saw that game back on October the 7th. Uh, That's a little bit of Giants news for you. Uh, We're going to take the time now to wrap up the Golden View podcast and say thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon.
This is the Golden Bee Podcast. The Golden Bee Podcast is a Vancouver, Canada-based podcast talking Vancouver sports. We talk about hockey, football, baseball, soccer, and other sports, including the Canucks, Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, the Canadians, and any other relevant sports news in the Vancouver, Canada area.